I want to take as my text this morning that reading from Psalm 71. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 6. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 572. Psalm 71, verses 1 through 6, which I'd like us to read again. Notice Psalm 71 and beginning at verse 1. In which the psalmist, perhaps David, said, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You've given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Indeed, upon you I have leaned from before my birth, and you are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I wonder, do you think that way? Is God your refuge? There's a very interesting passage in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 9 and beginning at verse 23. In which the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Wisdom, might, strength, riches. These are the things that many people depend on for ultimate security. What we might refer to as the three B's. Brains, brawn, and bucks. But God says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom and let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That is intimate, personal knowledge of God. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness in the earth. For these are the things that I delight in, declares the Lord. And those who know God in this way are those who have taken the Lord as their refuge. Well, what does that look like in real life? Well, I'd like us to notice two things. And the first is, is that when God is our refuge, we recognize Him as such. When the Lord is our refuge, we recognize Him as such. Notice again verse 1 and then verses 5 and 6. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. You're my refuge, Lord. Let me never be put to shame. And verse 5, for you, O Lord, are my hope and my trust. O Lord, from my youth this has been so. Upon you I have leaned or I have, I have depended upon from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. And so for the psalmist, God is his refuge. In you, O oh Lord, I take refuge. You're my refuge. That's how the psalmist thinks about God and his relationship to him. That God is his refuge. God is his ultimate security. 
And the psalmist, interestingly enough, and this is something that appears in the psalms uh, every now and then, he, he challenges God. <laughs> in you I take refuge. But then he says, but don't let me be put to shame. Never let me be put to shame, Lord. In other words, I'm trusting in you. You are my refuge, and so never let me be put to shame for doing that, Lord. Never let me be humiliated and disgraced because I've put my trust in you. Notice verse 1 again. And in you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. And so for the psalmist, God is refuge. But then also, and these aren't mutually exclusive, for the psalmist God is his hope and his trust, or what we would say, his confidence. Notice verses 5 and 6. For you, O Lord, you are my hope. What do I hope in? I hope in you. You're, I would have no hope without you. You are my hope. And you are my trust. Oh God, this has been true for my youth. For a long time, Lord. In fact, as you read the rest of the psalm, there seems to be indications that perhaps the psalmist is rather at the end of his life. Upon you I have leaned, or I have, I have depended from, from my birth, verse 6, for you are he who took me from my mother's womb. It's almost as, God, you delivered me. <laughs> you were the midwife. And therefore, my praise is continually of you. And so for the psalmist, God is his hope and his confidence. Eugene Peterson, in the paraphrase, uh, put it this way, Lord, you keep me going when times are tough. You are my hope and my confidence. This made me think of something that John Stott wrote in his book, People, my teachers, he wrote this, and I've quoted him before. It is precisely because God is faithful that trust in God is reasonable. For there is no one more trustworthy than God. I've found that to be true. I guess that's why I keep on doing it. <laughs> Sometimes when I get down, maybe down in the dumps, and Linda will remind me. She said, when did we ever miss a meal? When did God ever not take care of us? and all the risky things we've done <laughs> for him. And he was always there. It is precisely because God is faithful that trust in God is reasonable, Stott says, for there is no one more trustworthy than God. Or Karl Barth, in his book Dogmatics in Outline, he says, what interests me is not myself with my faith, but he in whom I trust. Not that I have faith, but I have, but, but the object of my faith. And when I learn that by thinking of him and looking to him, my interests are best provided. And so for the psalmist, God is his hope and his confidence. And the psalmist says that God has been his hope and confidence since his youth. Now, Parts of, of, of Psalm 71, and in particular the parts that we're considering here, in fact, let's say, for instance, verses 1 through 3 is almost exactly replicated in Psalm 33, 
which is attributed to David. And then the latter part, verses 5 and 6, uh, there's language there that's very much, very much like what we find in Psalm 22 that, was, uh, tr- that is attributed to David. And so if this psalm is to be attributed to David, I was thinking in this, you know, that you've been my, open my confidence since my youth. I was thinking about David and his trust in God even in his youth, and his, of course, his encounter with Goliath, the Philistine warrior from, from Gath. In Psalm, or in 1 Samuel 17, we have this, I've, just a bit of speech from, from David, and his address to the warrior from Gath. And we read, And David said to the Philistine, You have come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. <laughs> A big one too, long and heavy. But I come to you in the name of the Lord, David said, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And David said, and this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And he did. And so God has been the psalmist's hope and confidence since he was young, even from birth. Notice again verse 6. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. It is, it is, it is you, God, the Lord, who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. And so the psalmist says that uh, he has been relying upon God even from his birth. Made me stop and think, wow, you know, Lord, have you been so intimately involved in my life? Even when I wasn't thinking about you, you were there. You were drawing. You were setting out the boundaries to direct me to where you wanted me to be. Indeed, the psalmist says that uh, it was God who took him from his mother's womb. The point is, is that the psalmist is saying that God has been present and looking after me from the beginning, even from the day that I was born. And so the psalmist says, and so, Lord, I, I praise you continually. Indeed, the psalmist has nothing but good to say about the Lord, and that without ceasing, ceasing nothing but good that continues without ceasing. And so that's the first thing. When God is our refuge, we recognize him as such. Then secondly, and finally, when God is our refuge, we seek him as such. It's very interesting. Notice verses 2 through 4. In your righteousness, Lord, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear. Listen to what I'm saying, Lord, and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, and for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. And so God, when God is our refuge, we seek him as such. And what I mean is this. In, in verse 1, the psalmist says, you are my refuge. But then in verse 3, the psalmist says, and so, and so God, be my refuge. 
or, or to put it in a slightly different way. In verse 1, the psalmist is saying, Lord, you are my protection. In verse 3, he's saying, so protect me. <laughs> That's what he's saying. And so, firstly, when God is our refuge, we recognize him as such. Lord, you're our, my refuge. But then secondly, when God is our refuge, we seek him as such. Be my refuge, Lord. And so how does the psalmist do that? Well, first off, the psalmist seeks God as the refuge that is always there. Notice again verse 3. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. For you are my rock and my fortress. And so God is the refuge to which we may continually come whenever we need or however much we need. He's there. And as the psalmist says, uh, the, the, he is the God to whom we continually come and that's because he's our rock. And the New, uh, New English uh, Bible, uh, the word is a, a towering crag. It's not a rock like the kind of rock you pick up in your garden. This, this is the, the idea is a huge, great rock or even a, a crag. So it's sort of a, almost like the side of a mountain. The sort of thing that would protect you uh, from an enemy. And our fortress. God is his fortress. God is fortress if we wish him to be. That is a military stronghold, a, a castle, a citadel with an unshakable foundation and with impenetrable walls, the psalmist says. And so God is a refuge that is always there with these characteristics that we've just reiterated. And then the psalmist says, says that he seeks God as a refuge who delivers from injustice. Gives some idea of what he was facing. He, re he refers to the wicked, the unjust, and the cruel. You don't know anybody like that, do you? <laughs> Indeed, notice verses 2 and 4 again. In your righteousness, out of your righteous character, that he is saying, <laughs> because you're righteous, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me. Don't be deaf to my cry, Lord. And save me, verse 4, rescue me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. And so God is a refuge who makes things right. When we're suffering at the hands, literally, that's what the psalmist says, at the hands of those who are doing us wrong. And this is because, as the psalmist says, that God is righteous. He's the God who makes things right. If not sooner, he makes them later. Sometimes you wait a long time for something to be made right. And even if you wait and it doesn't come in this life, it comes in the kingdom yet to come. He's a God that's righteous and a God that is faithful, which is part of what it means when the psalm says that God is righteous. Indeed, God is faithful to those who love him. And he is a God who keeps his promises. He is the original promise keeper. 
Indeed, we read about this in De- Deuteronomy, chapter 7, and in verse 9, in which Moses, writing, said, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant. Covenant is a promise. Who keeps his promises and his steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments even to a thousand generations. And so God is righteous and God is faithful to be a refuge to those who are faithful to him and to rescue them from the power, as the psalmist says, the power of the wicked, the cruel, and the unjust. In fact, maybe you are dealing with that even now in your life. Before COVID struck, I did a weekly Bible study at the Lord of the Streets, it's something on my list of things to start up again now that we're making our way out of COVID. But um, one day, uh, and we did, Bible, we did Bible study, we did the African Bible study, and so we all would read the text and we'd see a, a word and we'd identify that and then we'd come around again and read the text again and then we'd go around and I'd have as many, sometimes as many as one and sometimes as many as 20. In fact, it continued to grow as time went on. Probably a median-sized group would maybe be 10, 10, 12 homeless people. <clears throat> one, uh, one day, uh, one of the homeless men whom I don't believe, I, I believe I only met him once, but he said something that struck me, and so I wrote it down. And this is what he said. He said, sometimes it's clear that God is able and I'm not. And so when that's the case, I just leave it to God to do for me what I can't do for myself. Listen to that again. Maybe people who, maybe some of us who are living in homes need to think about that. Sometimes it's clear that God is able and I'm not. And so when that's the case, I just need to leave it to God to do for me what I can't do for myself. Indeed, the reason that that struck me is that that's often the case. Indeed, not infrequently, there are things that are just beyond our ability and our control. Indeed, that's when it really pays to have God as our refuge. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Let us pray. Indeed, Lord, it's not just some things that are out of our control. It seems like there's lots of things, especially these days, that are out of our control. And so what to do? Well, we just have to trust you. We have to trust you in many different ways. We have to trust you with the lives of others. We have to trust you with our own lives. We need to take you as refuge. We need to know what your promises are and claim them. Maybe we need to be bold and say, Lord, don't make me ashamed for trusting in you. And then we hear you say, as you say in the scriptures, oh, no, 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 my my name is on the line with this. And so help us to trust in you. To trust in you. To believe. To let go. I don't know why we're holding on. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, we may be holding on. We're holding on to a thing we can't control. 
Help us maybe, Lord, to let that go and just to trust in you. Even as we're thinking about David and his famous words in Psalm 37, once I was young and now I'm old, I've never seen God's righteous forsaking or his children begging for bread. The words of an older man saying, as I look back, God, you've been faithful. Help us, Lord, to trust in you. Even as Stott said, it makes perfect sense to trust in you because there's no one more trustworthy than you. Help us to do it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.